Hello and welcome back to another. Wait, hold on. Oh, this is just me by myself. Well, I guess it's not an episode of Call Me Limbo, but the first installment of Day to Day Bullshit, my new show where I will be talking about the things that plague my mind daily and honestly just ranting for a couple minutes. So I hope you guys have fun on this journey with me. Yeah, this is just off the cuff, but I was talking to David, my co-host I miss, about um, my week's been a little hectic, so I was just trying to figure out what I want to talk about. And you know, I heard something the other day. I was watching an interview on the show Breaking Points with Chris Wallace, and something that he repeated over and over and over again was this concept of well, I live in the real world. We can't have this because I live in the real world and I don't want that and blah, blah, blah. And while I could do an entire episode just on how condescending he was and how he really does see the world in a sense of there are pe- the hires and lowers, I won't do that today. I won't do the classes thing. But I do want to talk about how the revolutionary spirit of America is one that sees the present and then creates its future. And I was inspired by that because I've been hearing a lot lately about people saying there's a lot of nihilism and a lot of doomerism, like, you know, nothing will ever change. The man has got so much power and, you know, we're so oppressed, you know, this would be great, but that's a utopia. And I want to acknowledge what's at the root of that, which I believe one is fear. Um, justifiably, and a feeling of hopelessness. And what I like to think is that when I hear statements like that, my first thought is that is ahistorical to the American project because we were birthed from the idea that we are allowed to start anew and to envision like our declaration of independence has some of the most enlightened principles that have we lived up to? No, not really. We're working on it. But at that time was unheard of. We went from the right of the kings to the idea that all men and you know everyone else, but they didn't consider that <laughs> are created equal. And when I think about the idea that oh, we can't get this done or we can't do this. That's impossible. This is just how the real world works. I think about so many of the historical movements that have happened throughout our history as Americans that are completely opposite of that mindset. You know, I think about the idea of abolition. And at that time, I'm sure there were even slaves that were saying, hey, you know, stop trying to rock the boat. This is what it is. This is the real world. But there were people with the gall and the gumption to believe that what they were currently living through was not what they had to stay going through. And they decided to envision a world, then go out and create it. And the same you could say about the women's suffragette movement, the civil rights movement. All of these people were bound by the same material conditions as everyone else around them, but had enough vision and enough belief to cut through that and finally reach this world that few thought was possible and bring it to the many. And I find that to be so powerful. And when I look at 
the current state of our political, you know, situation, like, I mean, we literally watched Mitch McConnell do the everybody on mute challenge twice, twice within 40 days. And we watched Diane Feinstein auditioning for Beetlejuice daily. And it's just really, it's disheartening to see that so many people who, oh, God willing, only have about another 20 years on earth are making policy decisions for people who have 60 to 70 years, at least on this earth. It's disgusting because it shows me based on their actions that even as they walk with the grim reaper, they are willing to drag our human experience and all that we have to hell. That shows me not even the fact that death is bringing a platter to the house for a party they are still unwilling to relinquish the power and the grip that they have on our society because they are that committed to such an abhorrent mission and to such an antiquated version of America. Because when I really think about it, the majority of people in our Congress right now, in our White House, heck, on our judicial system, everything, as far as the Supreme Court, these people grew up, were formed ideologically, et cetera, et cetera, in the 20th century. And I'm not talking about the 1990s where they just hung out for a few years as young ones. They are literally part of the world that was crafted and then placed on our laps as far as neoliberalism. And they are the people now pretending to be the only people who are of possibly gifted enough to bring us out of it. And that's not strictly about age, because there are people like Bernie Sanders, Marianne Williamson, Cornell, Dr. Cornell West, et cetera, people who do see beyond what's happening right now. And they did hold on to some of their, you know, youthful aspiration, but thinking over and over about what we can do, I think my mind often comes back to visionary. And I think What bothers me, um, what I respect about the Republican base is that long ago, they shredded the idea of who's electable and more important, political expertise. And they realized that the expertise they're being sold is truly an illusion because there's no outside of, you know, interpersonal skills, negotiation skills, et cetera. There's no special gene that people have that make them some brilliant politician in the sense of what how we think about it. There's nothing. These people are not above us. Democracy is supposed to be in our hands, the people. Therefore, we cannot surrender our power and think, oh, these people get it. It's too complicated. And it's like, it's not really that complicated, as Marian Williamson would say, it's simply corrupt. And as you look at all the different industries that dominate and are at the helm of so much oppression in our lives, you realize that you're it's absolutely correct. It's not that the answers aren't there, that we don't have the people to provide and the solutions that we want. It is simply that the people with money have so much hold and create so much fear in the people in their seats because God forbid they may lose their seat if they did the right thing, that they are willing to watch these people walk into the halls of Congress 
put down the legislation that they want on the desk and sign it without even reading it. That is pretty much the level of corruption that we have at this point. It's legalized bribery. And so now I find myself, when I think about what do we need in this time, I say we don't need another Joe Biden. We don't need another Donald Trump. We don't need any of these people with decades and decades and decades in the 20th century. I'm sorry. Experience is not exceptional. It does not make you exceptional at this point. Experience is actually a sign that I should be nervous that you have been you have been swimming so long in a pool of sh- it no longer starts to stink. We need somebody to come in, smell the bad smell and say, "Baby, who let the dogs out? Get the Febreze, get the Clorox and let's get to cleaning." You can't clean something when you don't remember it's dirty. And I am all I am an advocate for the a visionary leader at this point. And a visionary leader, as defined, <clears throat> ensures the vision becomes reality by stating clear goals, outlining a strategic plan for achieving those goals, and, and equipping and empowering each member to take action on the plan at the organizational, team, and individual levels. And what I find when I read something like that, one of the first people that come to mind for me is JFK, because I remember... Well, I wasn't there, but you know, you watched his speech where he declares we're going to go to the moon in this decade. That didn't exist. You know, that was something far-fetched or something unbelievable. Um, but he had so much conviction and belief in the American spirit and in the American ingenuity that he knew by coordinating and setting up the people to be in the right positions, we could make it happen. JFK didn't know how to get us to the moon himself. And I'm starting to see the presidency in that way. I don't, one, most of these presidents aren't sitting down on a typing out all this policy. They have people for that. The issue is not from a lack of people who know how to write good policy, implement it, come up with creative solutions. We lack somebody who's able to take an over, take a macro view of the situation and then place the right people to do the micro level work. And when I think of someone like Dr. Cornell West or Marianne Williamson, and even a Bernie Sanders, I see them as people who get that. With the, I'll take that back, with the exception of Bernie because of his experience in the Senate. But I see a revolutionary leader like Marianne Williamson or Dr. Cornell West as people who are able to do just that. I don't expect Marianne Williamson to come into office and then sit at her desk and write the Paris Climate Accord or, you know, the equivalent to that, blah, blah, blah. But what I do expect is that she understands the level of emergency that the climate crisis is. And therefore, she selects the best people, not the people paid and bought by big oil, but the people who are not beholden to those people whose only mission is to ensure a just and green transition and to make what she has stated as a public goal to turn it into reality. And that is really all that you need as a head of an organization. I mean, you think about CEOs and you think about people who come in from outside the the company. They don't know the ins and outs of how to run said business. But what they do know is that they can look at the opportunities that are needed. They can take the information from the bottom up and then make the decisions necessary to place all the pieces in order to create the best product. And I believe that America 
we are at a place where we have our own, you know, our own renaissance of sorts, an opportunity to reimagine what it means to be American in the 21st century. Like we can't agree. I remember Vivek, uh, the presidential candidate on the Republican side, he talks about the need for American, a national identity. And while I believe we would disagree on what identity is, what that identity should be, I do think the concept of uniting our country under a new, refreshed 21st century mindset is a good thing. And I believe bringing us together to work on these big projects, like we have, we have infrastructure that's falling apart. We need to work on our infrastructure. We need to work on transitioning to better energy use, energy sources, et cetera. We need to work on, you know, reforming our schools or, you know, our education system so that it actually teaches children to think critically so that they're able to take those skills that they learn and apply them to new novel situations. And we can only do that if we all come under the umbrella together and recognize that when one wins, we all win. And for too long, we have been told that winning in America has to come at the expense of our fellow American. So much so that our rugged individualism has just become rugged narcissism. And I envision a world where we can actually realize that Yes, the individualistic nature of America has always been a part of our DNA. But what happened is we, in that same process of actualizing that, we forgot the other side of the coin, which was the care and concern of the collective American body. Money is the megaphone of politics. And while they have the amplification of their voice via that money, the one thing they cannot do is drown out the collective sound of Americans yelling, demanding change. We need to shift from thinking that we should be fearful of the people in power, and they need to start fearing us, the people who put them there. Because if we demand that we hear our options, the DNC and the Democratic Party should not feel comfortable not holding a primary. Well, correction, not holding primary debates. We should be so so bold that we should say, by doing this, it guarantees I will not vote for you in the general or the primary. They should be shook from their core because democracy, the demand is always democracy. And we have to ensure that no matter what it is, the American people agree on healthcare. The American people agree on tuition-free college and tech schools. The American people agree on making sure that we have a sustainable, a livable planet. The American people agree that it just shouldn't be so hard to live day by day, that you shouldn't be working hours and hours and hours a week to barely get by. It's not the American people. It's the people who need us to be crushed Emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, those people need us to believe that the dream is dead so that we never have the ability to dream again and to imagine what could replace this current capitalist system. Capitalism is just another theory within a long succession of other economic theories. We are not beholden 
to this form of capitalism. We have the ability, just like those from feudalism and all the things that existed before, to look at it and say, you know what, capitalism, you did what you could do. It's now time for you to retire. What does that new thing look like? I don't know. But I know that if we put our mind to it and we actually have the concept that people prior take the that people should be prioritized over profit we will figure it out because trust me the people who prioritize profit over people have definitely figured out how to rig the system to ensure that that cycle has not been broken in the past 40 to 50 years so if i leave anything with you all at the end of this episode it's really that we can't allow ourselves to become hopeless because you never know just how close you are to getting what you need. And I always say this, I said it about my experience with grief, that as long as I can see the light, it can be flickering, it could be very dim way down the tunnel. But as long as we see the light, we know that there's a way out of our situation. And if you find yourself losing that light, don't bring other people in the darkness with you. Call out to your fellow American so that we can come and bring our lantern to help guide you right where you should be. So in conclusion, be kind, choose love, and remember we are all Americans and we all deserve love and respect. Have a good one.